1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Sal Capaccio. I make a special Capaccio for you, right? Oh, Jeez. now that sounds really good. Oh, you like?
0: Hey, get away. Get away from my wife with that. What's the matter, Carpaccio, no good? What? What do you do now? They don't like a they oh. Capaccio. Oh. They
1: like On WGR. I make a Capaccio for you. Sports Radio 550.
0: All right, welcome back to the final hour of a five-hour Sal Capaccio WGR radio takeover. I'm ready to go, though. I'm still here. I'm ready. I'm rocking and rolling. It's been four hours, got a whole nother hour, and there's really only one person that probably could handle five hours talking as much as I have to talk because this guy loves to talk just as much as I love to talk, and that's very hard to do. And that's my friend Arthur Motz who joins me on the Western Hotline. What is going on, man? How are you?
1: The man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Sal Copaccio, baby. I'm excited, man. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to have fun with you as well, man. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Um, as I said, you are a guy who, full of energy, uh, love to talk, and I know that you parlayed that into a, a media career. How's that going for you now?
1: Man, it's been going extremely well. Uh, my transition has been... Uh, Better than I could have even imagined. You know, last year was my first year fully doing media work, and I had a blast doing it. So now year two obviously is a little bit different because of the whole COVID-19 situation. But overall, man, I've been uh, just enjoying this whole process.
0: Now, when you came to Buffalo, I think you might have had one child, and now you're approaching Ryan Fitzpatrick and Phillip Rivers' territory. Is that correct? Oh,
1: Stop it. Listen, man, I, I'm three and out like a great defense, all right? And I'm keeping it that way. I'm not going to be influenced by this situation. I'm not going to let this extra time together with my wife make me have another baby. It's not happening.
0: Now, how, how is everybody doing? How's, how's Shonda? How are the kids? Tell us, Give us an update.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, man, the family, they're doing uh, extremely well. You know, obviously, we had to transition into the uh, online learning for the children, but they've been having a blast with it. But more so for us as a family, man, we've just really focused on – enjoying our time together it's so easy when you know the kids are in school or we're all working and we get caught up in the day-to-day you really don't get the time to really appreciate each other and just spend time with each other that quality time so ultimately that's what we've been focusing on and it's been a great experience for us
0: yeah i hear you man you know with max at home now and he's six and uh for me too and getting big man ah, it's amazing (laughs) you know it the girls the girls are getting big it's getting they're they're becoming little women right it's crazy I know. I see that. Um, You know, I want to ask you a little bit about obviously the bills and the Steelers. We'll get into that in a minute, but Arthur, what's your take on uh, what the NFL proposed, but then tabled as far as trying to promote some more uh, minority and uh, diversity, as far as hiring and promotions and the whole, you know, uh, the draft pick thing, and you can enhance your draft pick. If you, you know, hire a minority, what was your take on all that?
1: Man. So initially, you know, I had mixed feelings about it. Um, I like the fact that the NFL, in particular the owners, were admitting that there was a flaw in the Rooney Rule and that it was something that needed to be adjusted. So that part I definitely love because I think you can never grow if you don't acknowledge your flaws, if you don't acknowledge your shortcomings. But in terms of the incentives associated with those uh, those changes, I thought that it was a little bit too heavy-handed for my personal um, liking just because when you think of a minority being hired and you hear that a draft Uh, you're going to be able to move up six, sometimes even 10 spots in a draft. We know how critical the draft is. We know how important that is. So it would kind of undermine that hire. It would kind of make that GM who's a minority feel like, man, I know I was qualified for this, but people might be doubting me because of the draft incentives. And another thing that uh, I really thought about when I was thinking just this whole process in terms of how they're going about coming up with the best solution, I say, man, if it's 32 owners, only one of them is a minority, and that's Shaq Khan with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think there isn't enough minority representation in the meeting rooms while they're coming up with these proposals. I understand that they've worked with an outside group that will represent minority feelings, but I think it's important to talk to the minorities that have been directly impacted by this, in terms of your Mike Tomlins, your Lewis Riddicks, your Anthony Lins, and people like that, so they can tell you firsthand what they think would help and what they don't think would help because ultimately if if we don't include the minority's voice in this conversation then it's still never going to get executed the way it needs to be.
0: The other thing is I just I don't know if it's fair right I mean like you have teams that would be passed up and passed over in the draft who had nothing to do with it right it's not like it's kind of like they're getting penalized for something that they didn't have anything to do with although the intention is good the application didn't seem there.
1: Absolutely, because if you put it in perspective for the Bills, right, we all know how, how the, just the Bills organization feels about Sean McDermott. So because Sean has been having success there and he's still on the a part of the organization, he's not fired or anything like that, now all of a sudden he gets passed up in the realm because you didn't have a vacancy for a minority head coach mm-hmm. or a minority GM. I definitely agree with you. That isn't fair in that regard at all. So you you hit it right on the head that when you talk about the intentions being one thing, but the execution of it being something totally different. We understand, yes, there is an issue in terms of the diversity at the NFL level when it comes to head coaches, when it comes to GM, when it comes to senior executives with with it being a lack of representation from minorities. But that can be the intention. But in terms of how you handle that, how do you rectify that, I think there's still going to be – some things that need to be looked into and some some deeper discussions that need to be had before you just go to the draft incentives and things like that.
0: Yeah, and um, I do like what they did, though. I do like opening up the rules now to allow more for promotions. And, of course, it's not just minorities. Any coach now who is a position coach – can inter- is is has to be allowed to interview for a promotion as long as it's a bona fide promotion and it's not a fluff. They can't say, "Well, we're going to make him the OC, even though he's really not the OC, just because we want to poach him." Right. I like that. It does open up the pool, and they're hopefully. And the goal here is what to get more diversity, more minorities, opportunities. Even though everybody's going to be a part of that pool.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you, and I think you you hit it on the head as well when you said in terms of the uh, the assistant coaches being allowed to interview for other spots and things like that it's less about just focusing on minorities we understand that's the key issue but you want to have diversity throughout you still don't want to penalize non-minorities for the sake of them not being minorities that's not fair for them either so i think that you know the the different steps that they've been taking thus far have shown improvement. And I think the new steps they're taking now with this rule, along with the making it mandatory that you have to interview two minority candidates for a head coach position, you have to interview one minority candidate for a GM position or a minority or female candidate for senior level executive positions. I think those steps right there are definitely in the right direction. I don't want to look at that as it being just a lateral movement.
0: And I I have seen, we have, all have seen the fact that we do have females coaching in the league now, which has been a great step Absolutely. for the NFL. You know, we, we saw it in basketball. Uh, now we're seeing more in the NFL. Females are, are joining the, are joining staffs in full-time capacities, and that's pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, me being a father of two daughters, I'm a big, big believer in equality. I'm a big believer in letting them know that, hey, just because of your gender, that doesn't mean that you can't do this or you can't do that. If you're good enough and you're qualified for this, absolutely, you should get the opportunity. And for the people out there that are... Uh, naive in the sense of saying, well, they've never played the game. You know how many NFL coaches I've had that never played professional football or (laughs) never played collegiate football or weren't good at football, but were excellent coaches. Just because you're not a great player doesn't mean that you can't be a great coach. In fact, a lot of times the best coaches were some of the worst players. But I think I I say that just to say this, man, when it comes to to females in the football industry – I think that it's important that we continue to push them forward. We continue to encourage them and let them know that, hey, if, you qualify, if you're if qualified for this, if you know how to come in here and, and help a team be successful, then absolutely you should get that opportunity.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Arthur Motes joining us here on the West Her Hotline, nine-year NFL veteran, of course, including here with the Buffalo Bills. And I think, Arthur, just to piggyback on that point, I think sometimes the best coaches are the ones that either didn't play at the highest levels or were not the best players because they understand or understood what it took to get the most mm-hmm. out of themselves. Whereas the highest level of athletes, sometimes they think everybody can do what they can do and they just can't.
1: You're absolutely right, man. And, it's one of those things, when you are very athletic, you take certain things for granted. You don't have to have so much attention to detail in terms of your, your foot placement, your hand placement, where your eyes need to be. You just have the gift. If you can run 4-3. Mm-hmm. Hey, it doesn't really matter what else you have. As long as you run 4-3, not a lot of people can do that. So you're you're absolutely right in that regard. It's important that you understand the difference because we've seen – Countless times now where, you know, elite level players, and it's not just football, it's across the board in any sport. Elite level athletes, when they come down to coaching, they don't really understand and comprehend all the details and all the minutia that goes into being a good player. They don't understand how to properly execute different techniques because they were just bigger, stronger, or faster than an individual.
0: Arthur, the Steelers obviously had a step back last year after the Ben Roethlisberger injury. We saw the Bills go there on Sunday night football. Uh, The Bills wind up winning that game, making the playoffs. We see now Ben is in recovery mode. He's expected to be the starter. You're close to the program there. What can we expect from the Pittsburgh Steelers in a bounce-back year this year?
1: Man, so honestly, you know, with the, uh, the return of Ben Roethlisberger, that's what everything hinges on. Um, obviously, they didn't have a first-round draft pick; They traded that away for Mika Fitzpatrick. But when you're looking at the Steelers, if Ben is healthy, and all signs are pointing to him being healthy, that team becomes a lot more dangerous because you saw the defense last year. They were one of the top defenses in the league. And the biggest issue was the quarterback play. So you upgrade the quarterback position. No more Mason Rudolph or Devlin Duck Hodges as your quarterback. And I think that changes a lot in terms of wins and losses for that team.
0: And what about the Buffalo Bills? Obviously, watching them from afar, you're still close to people in this organization. You've seen what they've been able to do with Josh Allen now. They've made the playoffs two out of the last three years. And quite frankly, Arthur, a lot of people are expecting even another jump, especially with Tom Brady leaving the division. And now the Bills are actually the money line favorites.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think over the past three years, you can see the the awesome job that Sean McDermott has done up there. Him and Brandon Bean have done a great job of bringing stability to the organization, and ultimately that has turned out into big-time wins and ultimately playoff appearances. And I think this year they definitely are the favorite in the AFC East. And when you look at the additions they made, I mean, the pickup of Stephon Digg, that's huge for a guy like Josh Allen. This is going to be the best receiver he's played with. And that's saying a lot when you're thinking about John Brown and success that he's had already, and you still have Cole Beasley. So I'm extremely excited about that. And then when you look in the draft in terms of Zach Moss, I think when you're pairing him with a Devin Singletary, that gives you a nice one-two punch in the backfield. And I'm a little biased, but y'all picked up my boy, uh, Tyler Matakas. Yes. You know, a special teams, A-10 in Pittsburgh. He's going up there, and I think he's going to have a huge impact as well. So ultimately, man, I'm excited about it. And obviously the defense that Buffalo puts out there is one of the tops in the league as well, and they're still young. So when you're looking at all of those factors, I mean, if you don't think that's a 10-win, 11-win team, I think you're crazy.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, we talked about coaches to circle it back a little bit. Leslie Frazier's done an amazing job, him and Sean McDermott together. I'll tell you, Arthur, I mean, I'm, they know defense. They really know how to use their personnel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is this, man, even with some of the losses in terms of personnel, obviously Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips, they left. But when you look at the pieces that – the Bills acquired on that defensive side of the ball, Mario Addison, a guy who's very familiar with Sean McDermott. They spent time in Carolina together. You obviously know with the draft pick and A.J., what he's going to potentially be able to do. But then Quentin Jefferson bringing in some of that higher pedigree, Super Bowl caliber, bloodline, and things like that. I mean, all of the pieces on defense are there. And and I think, man, for those guys, they have a chance to be the top unit in the league.
0: Before I let you go, Arthur, this uh, fourth down proposal that's in front of the owners, we've, we've heard some rumblings of this in the past. It really looks like it's gaining some steam right now, whereas, it, you know, I shouldn't say a fourth down, an onside kick proposal, which would be basically mm. a fourth down. It's hard to get onside kicks now. We know that because of the rule changes. So the rule proposal is basically, all right, well, a couple of times a game, you get a shot if you want, instead of doing an onside kick to try and retain the ball you get to put the ball at your own 25-yard line and get a 4th and 15 one shot. What do you think about it?
1: Man, I I definitely like it. It's something that the XFL had uh, used this season as well. And we saw the success that it had there because now – when you're thinking about one side kicks, you're thinking about all the chips on the table. This is critical time. This is where you want to have your best players out there. And instead of having dependent, rely on your special teams players to make the biggest play of the game, potentially, well, you're going to be able to use your, your, your top players, your quarterbacks, your defenders to go out there and ultimately win or lose you that game. Now, in terms of the logistics of the 4th and 15, I think they're still going to have to work out some kinks in terms of, say, the, the, they make a 30-yard completion. Is it just going to go back to the spot of that 4th and 15, or would they go and gain the full 30 yards if they scored a touchdown on this 4th and 15 play, does that count as well? So I think those are some of the details they have to work out. But I know as of today, I want to say that they said that you don't have to be trailing to do this side kick, this alternative one-side kick, and that was a debate as well. So, I mean, I definitely like it. I definitely think it would add another element of excitement to the NFL game, and ultimately to the special teams element of it, because, I mean, right now, like you said, with the way they've adjusted the alignments, and rightfully so due to the safety of the special teams' plays, it makes it almost impossible to recover a one-side kick now. So I definitely think this is a, a a good chance if it does get approved.
0: All right, brother. Be well. You look great. How you feel? Everything good?
1: Man, I feel great, man. Anytime I get to talk to you, it makes my day. So you know I'm on cloud now <laughs> right now,
0: baby. Arthur, we, we appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can follow you and anything else you got going on.
1: Yeah, man, so um, I'm on uh, all social media platforms, and it's uh, Dabody52, 52, D-A-B-O-D-Y-5-2, 52. on YouTube, and then my personal website, ArthurMotes55.com.
0: Thanks, Arthur. Be well, uh, give the family our love here, and uh, have a great Memorial Day weekend and into the summer.
1: I appreciate you, man. Likewise.
0: All right, thank you. That is Arthur Motes, former Buffalo Bills linebacker. We did some TV work back in the day. He's always been great to work with. Now he's all across media platforms. Uh, He's an author. He's got a YouTube channel. He's on Twitter at Dabody, d a b o d y fifty two. So really good stuff there from Arthur Motes. All right, well, this has been a fun four and a half hours, but it's not over yet. Gonna have Thad Brown from WROC TV in Rochester. Now Thad was actually on with me a little bit earlier, but. His interview was so great. I want you to listen for something, Joe. Did you notice? And I said this to him. He sounds like Adam Schefter. Thad Brown sounds like Adam Schefter when he's being interviewed, especially when he starts talking faster you got to listen for that. I even say it during the interview. So I want people to listen for that. We had a really fun discussion about a whole wide range of topics as far as the NFL is concerned, the Brady documentary that's coming out, all of that. I want to thank all of my other guests today as well. Warren Sharp from Sharp Football Analysis, Al Zeidenfeld, podcaster, Fantasy Football ESPN, uh, Nick Shook from NFL.com, Next Gen Stats, and of course, Arthur Motes here on WGR. Thad Brown coming up next and then show Chopin the Bulldog on WGR.